physicists tell us that time is relative. Time really is relative when something very scary happens. You know what I'm talking about. If you've ever been in an accident, it seems like time kind of stops there just for a moment when you're in that accident. And it just seems like you can, you know, it's just everything's in slow motion. Well, I was, I was going down uh, 264. This is several weeks ago. And there was this guy that was probably going near the speed of light, which would have made relative time make more sense anyway, but he was going about the speed of light. And he came and he just barely cleared the front of my car as he changed into my lane. In fact, he was so close that what I did was I'd already figured out where he was going to hit me. Do you understand what it is? I knew where he was going to hit me. I knew what was going to happen. I knew what was coming down the, the, you know, the, the road. I knew I, I could see my, my car going sideways. I could see me rolling down the, I mean, everything you could imagine. It was already in my mind. And he just, he just cleared my car, though, and never touched it and kept on going. I was so sure it was going to happen. I closed my eyes. I can't stop. And when I opened my eyes, I said, I, I thought of a couple of things. And one of them was, Next time, don't close your eyes. It's not a good idea while you're driving down the road. Second thing I thought of, no joke, I said, I'm glad I don't have to pay for his insurance because, you know, if he's going that fast, he's going to be getting a lot of speeding tickets, even if he doesn't have the accidents that go along with it. And the third thing is, that guy's not long. I mean, if he continues to drive like this, he's going to be in a world of hurt somewhere. And I mean, I'm not talking about a world of hurt in the, in the outside world. I'm talking about the, the world hurting his own body because you don't have a wreck driving like that. You just cannot continually drive like that and expect that at every moment you're going to get the right kind of traction on your car and everything else. In fact, if I didn't understand some things about like, the uh, physics, I believe this car was actually shorter while he was driving along the Because he was going that fast and going about the speed of light. So the situation is the people are doing all kinds of things while they're driving and not paying any attention whatsoever. I watched, I read rather on the internet of some of the things that uh, the policemen have said. They pulled people over. Pulled one lady over because she was eating a bowl of soup while she was driving that road. You know, eating soup, I mean, I can understand. Maybe you could get a McDonald's hamburger, but you know, when I'm, soup tastes like a hand. You gotta have a bowl of And then pulled one lady over. She had her music on her steering wheel, she was playing a flute and driving the You can imagine. You know, you, when you, I, I'm sure you pass a person like that, but you just can't believe it, you know. That could come correct that person, you know. She, she's really doing it. See, we need to take care of the things that are dangerous. Understand something, please. I don't think people get this. God is dangerous. I want to say that to you so you understand it. He's not mean. He is not mean. But he's dangerous. And that means we need to take really good care if we're going to walk away. He is mean. Not mean. He won't do anything to you if you need So let me read this scripture. Read the who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. 
Now, I feel like I've got to explain something to you, though I end up explaining this several times. I am a stickler for work. I am an absolutely, I am, I, I know I'm obsessed with culture, whatever you want to call it, about the word. I really want to give you what the truth, word of God, intended to me, to you, on the day that not only it was written, but for the day that it was written for this day. I want that to be the case. And so that I choose the different kinds of English translations that I'm going to read this out of based on what is the best way that it has been translated. I typically choose, and you notice this is different, it says NIV. And you say, you never uses the NIV, the New International Version. You see, that's up here, NIV. And the reason uh, that I, I choose words for word translations like the English Standard Version, the ESV, the King James Version, you know that's the KJV, and the American Standard Bible, which is Okay, they're all word-for-word translations. NIV is a thought-for-thought. But when I chose it this time, I wanted the Bible to actually speak to us of what it was saying here. Now recognize what the scripture said. Christians call God my or our Father. They call God the Father. This is the way that it really is. Now, the literal translation of that verse that I just read says, and if you call upon a father, if. Now, Peter is writing to the Christians. You don't if you call him your father. Do you understand? There wouldn't be a if there if that were the case. You see, when a conditional sentence is made and they use the word if, the Greek translates it since. The NIV used since. Yes, translation, but it's not the best translation in this case. And so the NIV got it right. You see, the Jewish people already called God Father. Peter writes this. This is not a surprise. I'm say mine is a surprise, but it wasn't a surprise in the fact that they understood that God was the Father. In Jeremiah 31, 9, it says, They will come back with weeping. They will pray as I bring them back. I will lead them beside streams of water on a level path where they will not stumble because I am Israel's father and Ephraim is my firstborn son. So the idea of the father was not foreign to the Jewish people, but it was not foreign from the Old Testament in this. Now, that is different from what has happened in the New Testament. And this is different. I'll tell you, this is, this is a shocker, in fact. Uh, R.C. Sproul said, a few years ago, a German scholar was doing research in New Testament literature and discovered that in the entire history of Judaism, in all existing books of the Old Testament, and all the existing books of the extra-biblical Jewish writings, dating from the beginning of Judaism until the 10th century A.D. in Italy, there is not a single reference of a Jewish person addressing God directly in the first person as Father. So here's the situation that is new. Now, this brings up something that is historical, but it is also very biblical here. There are two attributes of God which we need to understand. The first one is, is that God is transcendent. I love the music that, that Brad was singing today because they, they represent both the, the transcendence of how God is high, he's 
lifted up that he is majestic. Is that thought that you see in Isaiah chapter 6? When uh, Isaiah goes in there and he says that there, there is the Lord sitting up on his throne. He's high and he's lifted up.
So both of those are about we don't have very many examples of true kingdoms today. We really don't. We have kings, but absolute rule of kings. You know, because if you were in a kingdom, us 
for our good that we may share in its holiness. God disciplines us for
God, when he was looking for, when they were looking for a new king to replace Saul as king, it says he told Samuel to go over to Jezreel. Now he didn't tell Samuel in the beginning which one it's going to be. You understand? Does God think God has what God thinks? I work too hard. And I go, 
for Christ is not for salvation. This judgment seat of Christ will be for the rewards that we will receive in heaven. And I don't know what those rewards are. And I don't know how long those rewards are going to last. I wonder if those rewards are going to last for the truth. I'm wondering if that's what the rewards that God is going to give us in heaven accordingly to how close is your heart to How close are you? How careful are you going to walk with me to make sure that your heart's that close to my heart? I can't tell you this. I don't know what those rewards are going to be, but I can tell you it's going to be like a retirement account. If you wait too late, you're not going to have much there. I'm going to tell you that up front. If you wait too late, you just wait and wait and wait. It's not going to be much there. You need to be aware of it right now. And I'm amazed at how many people are, are unaware of this, this uh, judgment. Now, I'm not trying to say that we need to be working for the rewards, but the rewards that we have really are when our heart comes closest to His. And when our hearts are right before God, we're going to find that we will receive those rewards and we will act accordingly. But I think that what those people need so hard to do. I don't mean going to the cardiologist, by the way, you can't get a point on the way. It's going to be long before they ever see you. But it's got a real long But if you want to go spend before God, would you examine my heart? Would you check and see? Is my heart close to yours? Am I walking with you like I need to walk Is there something that needs to in order to straighten out this picture that you have of me as a person that is after your heart. So Christians are to conduct themselves with fear on this earth. It says in this scripture here, live your life as strangers here in fear. We need to recognize that this world is not our home. We're just passing through. And what we really need to be careful about this happens to lots of people. They get into a spot where nobody's bothering them. They're just, they feel good about it. They're, you know, they're, they're not really walking with them. They're totally, but they're close enough. And they feel, and they settle there. They just settle there. They say, okay, this is a good place. I want to go all the Well, I, I, I don't mind being a fan of God. Here's a case of a person who settled. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. Do you realize what Terah did? Uh, Terah was the first one. He was told, you go to the promised land. You go to the place that I've got set aside for you. You're the one. Not Abraham, not Abraham, but Terah. But here's what happened. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Lots of people said, you know what it is. They don't do all that God wants. Settling down in this world is so worthy. The danger of being in this world in the sense that we just want to be like the world, but go along with everybody. Go along with everybody. I was talking to a narcotics, an undercover cop. 
church that I was serving at that time. He'd be gone most of the time. And the reason is he went undercover. And he was undercover, and what happened was he was undercover, that he got to be friends with these drug dealers that he worked with so he could get enough on them to convict them off the chain of command or whatever it was and be able to arrest a whole lot of them. And he told me this. And 